You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. couple things for you on today's show. First, we're going to be playing some, some clips of uh, various press conferences and interviews with, uh, with some of the free agents that have been recently signed by the Giants Hopefully give you a chance to uh, to get to know those guys a little bit, hear some of the things that they said as they were introduced to, uh, to New York media. Before we get to that, though, going to bring in Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. Going to, uh, we're going to talk a little draft. He and I are going to do a little, uh, a little make the case back and forth on what the Giants should do with the number four overall pick. This also gives me a chance to to let folks know that that Emery, who uh, runs Football Game Plan, will be doing some video work for us at Big Blue View going forward. That will start with a uh, a make the case clip that we're going to post on our our YouTube page on uh, why the Giants, uh, in Emery's view, should should draft Isaiah Simmons. So, uh, Em, thanks for coming on and and thanks for uh, for joining Big Blue View. Well, not a problem, Ed. As always, I appreciate you having me on, and you know, it's you know, it's good to to be able to provide some video content for the fans and viewers, um, especially since you know we're constantly at the same spots as far as like Giants coverage is concerned, and it should be fun. Yeah, it's always been something that, uh, th- as far as the video coverage, our our YouTube site has, has always kind of sat there and. And and in my view, anyway, not been used very well or not been used nearly enough. And, and I'm looking forward to uh, to building that out and adding more good content to to the website uh, for our, our our readers, our viewers, our listeners, for for uh, anyone who follows Big Blue View on on any platform. And I'm sure that uh, you know getting uh, getting football game plan out there in even more ways is uh, is good for you as well. Absolutely. That's why it should be fun. It should be a good partnership. I certainly hope so. And and listen, you know, that is that is if we don't both kill each other here in the next few minutes as as we go through this this particular make the case segment. As we uh, as we indicated, M's going to be doing, you know, leading up to the draft, he's going to be doing some make the case videos for us on guys he thinks the Giants should be targeting. And his first one is on the Clemson do-everything defender, Isaiah Simmons. 
And I, I find myself, M, as we talk about this, you know, we're, we're, we're at an interesting spot here because you're pounding the table for Simmons at number four. And I've been saying that as much as I like Isaiah Simmons as a player, I find it really, really risky for the Giants not to take an offensive tackle with their first overall pick. So, so let's, let's start there. Why Isaiah Simmons instead of an offensive tackle in your mind? Because it makes a more immediate impact on his football team, both short and long term, when you look at what he does well. He's a tremendous defender, plays, can play all three linebacker spots, honestly, um, and makes a ton of plays. He also gives you a bona fide game-breaker on the defensive side of football. Now, they have one on offense to Saquon Barkley. Now you add a guy in Isaiah Simmons that teams have to come in and game plan for, and that's an added frustration for an opposing offense to have to deal with a dude that can play multiple positions. Now, you know, in my mind, the way I have looked at this draft, and I recognize the kind of player that that Isaiah Simmons could be, in my mind, I've approached this draft and I've said, the one thing that the New York Giants absolutely have to come out of this draft with is a starting caliber offensive tackle, especially one who could, you know, maybe after the 2020 season, swing over to the left side if the Giants, as I think we all expect they will do, will move on from, from Nate Solder after the upcoming season. And that's why, for me, I stare at four offensive tackles, who could go top 10, top 12. And I think I I think that it would be a real risk for the Giants in in terms of trying to get, you know, a top offensive tackle if they don't take one at number 4. And for me, that's why I've been banging the table for going ahead and, and taking the tackle at 4. How do you feel about that, Em? I understand the sentiment of them needing a tackle. You know, you you bring in Cameron Fleming who to me is a stopgap, and you're right about Nate Solder. They're probably going to move on from him next season, but you have to look at what we are now as far as reality in the current climate that we're in. Um, What's the one area of the football team that people constantly say, our coaches constantly say, needs to be able to get reps and needs to be developed? That's the offensive line, correct? And when you look at bringing a guy in, in this you know, COVID-19 scenario, you don't have the opportunity to get that guy reps to where you can groom him to take over on the left side because we don't know when the season's going to start. You hope that it starts on time, but we're losing valuable practice time for that guy to to learn both left and right tackle. So, um, and I'm always of the mindset that you don't want a tackle, you know, a young old lineman to come in and depend on that young lineman to be ready to go. So if you're looking at this as a two-year project, um, you know, get a guy in, get him some reps. He's not going to start. He's going to play some swing tackle, probably step in at right tackle at some times, step in at left tackle at some times. If that's the plan, then you have the luxury of getting a guy that you can develop to play that role, which means you don't have to spend the fourth overall pick on that guy. Now, granted, there are good, really good tackles. There's three bona fide studs at this position. Four, if you want to count, you know, it depends on how you look at the players. But let's say four bona fide studs at tackle. That's fine. But you can also get a developmental tackle that can start for you in the second round because I believe it's a good tackle class. But how many Isaiah Simmons do you see 
in the draft, in this draft, one that can step in right away and make an impact. You know, it's funny because as I've thought about this, Em, I think that you may have hit on as much as I've I've been on the offensive tackle side of the argument because of the fact that you simply have to do something. You have to give Daniel Jones a better offensive line than the Giants gave Eli Manning over the last few years. You have to give Saquon Barkley holes to run through. I mean, it's just you you simply can't you can't take those two guys who you've built your offense, you've built your future around and not give them the best blocking that you possibly can. You can't make them have to do everything all on their own. But I think you hit on what might be the best argument for Isaiah Simmons at 4 and trying to to trade back into the first round or get an offensive tackle on day two, that being the the COVID-19 NFL lockdown that we're in now. Because I think there might be a case to be made where defense is more of a reactionary position. You react to what you see. Whereas I think, as you said, you know, you're, you're, you need those reps as an offensive tackle to get in sync with your teammates to really learn what your responsibilities are on a given play. So for me, that you know, I I would agree with you to the point where where in this environment that might be more of an impact for the Giants short term. And let's look at it this way: when you look at Daniel Jones, um, how often? how much of his issues last year was the O-line or was him holding the ball a bit too long? And if I think it was more of the, you know, the latter, but let's say, you know, you put an offensive lineman there. Let's say you get one of these studs. And again, remember we had this talk at the last home game. I was like, I don't feel comfortable taking a lineman that high. And then when I went back and studied the lineman, I was like, there's four dudes I would take that high. So there's a, you know, I'm not saying, this is just an, a, a, you know, an okay tackle class, and you take one high because you need a tackle. There are legit dudes at tackle. But let's say you get that tackle, and you start him at, at whatever, right or left tackle, and Daniel Jones Hill holds the ball too long. It's, you know, it is that you did the right thing by taking the old lineman, but the, the issue still is the quarterback holding the ball too long. And we won't know if, if that changed until we get out there and see live reps. And plus, you know, I like how, say, for instance, a guy that they've developed that has been quality for them, and it shows that, hey, if they can give a guy some time, he can grow into a good player, Nick Gates. You know, and Nick Gates may be a better guard than than right tackle, but as, at least it shows that they've been able to grow or, you know, you know, groom alignment. And if you're looking at guys outside of the top four, um, you look at an Austin Jackson for USC. You look at a Sadiq Charles out of LSU. You're looking at some of those type of guys. Hey, maybe we can get this guy, and he's young. He came into the draft early. You look at a Lucas Nyang out of TCU. You know, a guy that was dominant before he had the injury, and now is going to be fully healthy. So you get time to get him even healthier and groom him. So you have some options on the in, in the second round. The, the issue here, because you could have your cake and eat it, too, if you're the Giants. The problem is 
Uh, and when I when I'm talking about having your cake and eat it, too, I'm talking about trading down a little bit and picking up maybe an extra first and then getting Isaiah Simmons and also the tackle. The problem is Isaiah Simmons is so good that you run the risk of losing him. You can't you probably can't trade past six, you know, or maybe maybe if you swap with with I was about to say San Diego, if you swap with the Chargers and you get to six and they get four. Okay, who's to say that Detroit doesn't take Isaiah Simmons, you you know? Uh, So you you really hope that he's there at four. Now, if he's not there and um, for instance, here's a couple of scenarios. Let's say Cincinnati wants to play the the draft game and have his cake and eat it too. This is something that I would probably do. Um, I would take Chase Young, number one, because I know teams are going to pass on these quarterbacks and I can get the quarterback that I think is is good, the second best quarterback in the draft at pick 33, and that's Jalen Hurts. So I can come away with Chase Young and Jalen Hurts if I'm the Bengals. So if that's the case, that means Washington would be there at number two. Now, do they take the lineman? Because they also have a need at inside linebacker, too, as well as tackle. And so they will have to, you know, maybe they take Isaiah Simmons. Would Detroit still take Akuda? You know, and so it a lot of it depends on what happens in the top two. If things go true to form and they take Burrow and then Chase Young, and Detroit is a team that you worry about, it's like, man, they, they're going to probably take, you know, Akuda, you hope. Or maybe they take. Uh, Isaiah Simmons or maybe they surprise people and take a quarterback who knows right or they trade out that pick but if you're the Giants if Simmons is there I think you have to take Simmons but if he's not then I can understand you know moving down a little bit accumulate another first round pick or a high second round pick and then taking your lineman but you are also able to you know acquire another asset in the draft yeah I still believe you know we talk about the fourth pick and I, I still think that it makes to me, it makes the most sense for the Giants to, to to try to entice Miami or the Chargers or the Jaguars or the Panthers. You know, entice one of those teams to take that pick, give you something else, whether it's another late one, whether it's you know whether it's a couple of of a day two or middle round pick or whatever you can get, and then you know you stay in the top ten. You still, you might have Simmons. You've still got your pick of most of the of the offensive linemen, if that's the way you want to go, and you add some some front line assets in the draft. I still think, for me, that's the best idea. It, here's 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 the thing about the linemen. Everyone says linemen, and you know how if you are coming into a game. How often do you say we got to prepare for this right tackle or we got to prepare for this left tackle and what he does up front? You know, you, you tend to worry about guys that could truly and, and listen, all, all offensive linemen, former linemen and my old lineman friends about to hear this completely wrong. But I don't mean it this way. It just sounds this way. But no one comes in game planning for an offensive line. You know, you come in game planning. How are you going to score points? How are you going to stop whichever pass rush pass rusher that, that the opposing team has? You're trying to figure out, okay, can we throw at X, Y, or Z corner? Man, do we have the receivers to make a play? Can our run game help us out this this way? Um, you know, before they worry about, man, we don't we need we need a really game plan for this right tackle. You know, so and I think for the Giants, right now, they need studs. They need impact players. And I th- and to be completely honest, if you look at what they've done 
in free agency, it would on paper, it would lead you to believe that they're going to go tackle. But in actuality, when you look at who they sign on defense, you're like, man, they still have the same issue they had prior to making all these signings at linebacker. They need some dudes. And right now they don't have dudes. Um, I like what they have on the outside with Zimenez and and Carter. Um, Fakro and, and Martinez are, are complementary pieces. They still need a stud right there in the middle, a guy that is a difference maker. You hope that they had they added one last year with Dexter Lawrence. He played well. Um, you hope that the growth with Carter and Zimenez and this new defense, just being able to play with do what they do best helps out. And you hope those, you know, quartet of young pups in the secondary grow um significantly this year. I'm talking about Love, I'm talking about Baker, Ballantyne, and and also uh, you know, a guy like Bill or even Peppers if you want to count him. Um seeing that he's been there for a while, but uh, been in the league for for a few. But I'm saying, like, if they, they need a bona fide stud defensively, a guy that is legitimately a game changer, and Simmons gives them that. A right tackle is, is great. A uh, left tackle is great. But if if you're pinning your hopes on that, that juxtaposed to your quarterback holding the ball a little bit too long, that to me – They'll still blame the, the tackle, even though it's, it's really Daniel Jones's fault. You see what I'm saying? But if they get a dude like Simmons that can come in right away, make plays, um, be moved around the defense, be something that people have the game plan for or against, which could open things up for other players on defense, I think that's the the safer bet, the more sure bet at four than alignment. All right, so let's let's assume that the, the hog molly loving Dave Gettleman is convinced by Joe Judge. In the people around him, that uh, that that's the way to go. Let's assume that they that they choose Simmons. You talked a little bit about some of the other offensive linemen who might be, you know, second what we would call second tier tackles. It's a two, kind of a two part question. How many guys in this class do you think, you know, maybe beyond the big four, would be real good? in your mind, quality starting probably, I'll say, left tackles in the NFL. And I need to ask you about one guy in particular because it's a name that, that you haven't mentioned and it's a guy that I keep hearing you know, as a guy that the Giants might like, you know, if they go into that second tier of offensive linemen, and that would be Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. So, like I said, two-part question, and uh, go ahead and take the floor. Well, and listen, when we talk about the top four, that's fine, right? So let's they take Simmons and you assume that uh, Andrew Thomas, uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Jedrick Wills, and Makai Becton are all going to be gone. And if So you're looking at hopefully that guys that will fall in the draft that will you know, make it feasible to trade up to get. So you're looking at Austin Jackson out of USC. He got – Excellent hands on both ends. So anytime you can use your hands really well, you're going to be on the plus side of, of what you do well um, as a lineman. He is very good in the run game. So um, his pass pro is efficient, so he doesn't waste time there. Joshua Jones out of Houston, very good athleticism to get out there on the move. So if you want to move your offense, like get Daniel Jones on the move, which they should because he's a good athlete, you have a guy like Josh Jones that can get out there and block on the perimeter in you know, passing game and also in the run game. Um, Isaiah Wilson from Georgia, a young guy came out as a what, um, 
redshirt sophomore or something like that. So he's an early entry. He reminds me a lot of Orlando Brown, a big mammoth guy, 6'7", 340. So he's big like Makai Becton. Matt Parrott, UConn, was the, the, the rose that grew from concrete when you watch UConn football. It was tough to watch UConn football uh, this year because they were terrible. But you just kept drawing your eyes to Pert, who was athletic. He was consistent. He anchors well. Uh, he had a solid week at the Senior Bowl. Um and then you look at Ezra Cleveland, who you talked about. He's very strong in pass pro. He's another guy that is very patient in his in his uh, setup. And we we call this playing a piano. You know, um, when a guy, a D lineman, try to tries to work himself across the body of a offensive lineman, and you're able to pass guys off just using your hands, so you don't overextend to okay if he's setting outside, let me try to overextend to beat him outside. Then you get beat inside. You're playing the piano. You're using your hands to fill him out. You're able to work him through his his uh, move and then pass him off to your guard or your help O-lineman, whether it's a guard or a tight end. Um, he combo blocks really well. So he's got the athleticism uh, that you look for. Another guy that can get out there and, and move. I just don't like how he exposes his chest often, which gives a defensive lineman a chance to get in there and, and maintain a position of control. But when he doesn't, He's able to get movement. He's again. He he works his feet. He resets his hands well. Um, he's another one of these these solid players. So again, that's what I'm saying. I just gave you five linemen outside of the top four that are that are really good uh, prospects. Even if you want to go down and and double up on tackle, Terrence Steele out of Texas Tech, I thought was excellent on film. He got the long arms. He's played in the spread offense, so he's used to blocking out there in space. But he's really good in the run game too. You can probably get him in the fourth or fifth round. So. Um, I do like this this tackle class. Giants have some options. They could double up. They can wait to to the top of round two and get the tackle. Um, and, and they have a good chance to really come away with a good developmental tackle that they can groom for this year, redshirt this year because of what we are in, um, and have him as a starter next year, and also come away with a game changer in Isaiah Simmons. All right, Em, I'm not going to say that you've completely convinced me, but you've made a heck of a good case. I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. I hope you're you're staying safe in these uh, pretty scary times for us. Well, appreciate that, and I am staying safe. Reason being is because I have a lot of reading material. The biggest piece of reading material I have is my 2020 draft guide, where guys can get that at footballgameplan.com slash 2020 draft guide. Over 650 individual scouting reports you're talking 728 pages of nfl draft content full scouting reports not just a list strengths areas of improvements how i graded the, the their attributes on the side as well as the games that i watched to accumulate and come about these grades so footballgameplan.com slash 2020 draft guide it's our first draft guide we've put out uh we've compiled notes like this all throughout our time in existence this is the first time I actually was able to put it into a format and put it out there to the public. So you can see all of my grades, 689 prospects to be exact, right there at footballgameplan.com slash 2020 draft guide. And it is a uh, a really, really expansive piece of work and a lot of, lot of good, uh, good stuff in there. Folks, check that out. Check out Emery's work at Football Game Plan. Check out the stuff that he's going to be posting for uh, for Big Blue View on our YouTube site. And also, please remember to follow all of the draft coverage we've been providing for you at BigBlueView.com. Player profiles, uh, 
position rankings. We'll have a big board coming up, uh, interviews as much as we possibly can um, with uh, with draft prospects. So please check all of that out at BigView.com as we prepare you for the 2020 NFL Draft. Giants fans, let's take a brief break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When we come back, we will play some audio clips for you from recent press conferences and interviews with free agents who have recently joined the Giants. First up after the break will be Colt McCoy, Giants' new backup quarterback, answering a question from yours truly about helping Daniel Jones through an interrupted offseason. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Colt Ed Valentine from SB Nation. You went through the, uh, the 2011 lockout as a young quarterback. What advice can you offer Daniel or what thoughts can you offer on how to prepare for a season, you know, when the off season is interrupted like this? Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good question. I I had I had talked to a, a few of my friends about that lately. That was probably the worst thing that happened to me as a young quarterback was I played my my rookie year and and then we went into the lockout going into my second year and I didn't get the playbook until like we had two two or three weeks uh, of training camp, and that was the first time I knew anything. It was a completely new system, and you know we, we you know I played decent that year, but our team certainly struggled. Uh, and and so I think that I can take some some experience and and, and some lessons learned from that, and and hopefully hopefully help Daniel. I think Daniel is is uh, you know, well prepared for this. He, he played a lot more his rookie year than I did. Um, but still, it's, it, there's challenges, and it's it's a new it's a new system and, and uh, new ways to call plays, and you know, new philosophy from what we're trying to accomplish as an offense. And I, I think that I'll really do my best to be a great resource for him. You know, during this time, as we start, you know, hopefully, I don't know what the rules are yet, but hopefully, as we get going on this uh, kind of virtually learning and, and zooming uh, on. Our computers, the, the installs and things with Coach Garrett, and then you know probably Daniel and I spending time on the phone or or getting on our own Zoom calls to really talk about you know the ins and outs of of what we're doing, and and uh, you know, I think as, as best we can, we're gonna we're gonna have to adapt and and face these challenges just like everybody else in the league. But yeah, certainly I remember that lockout season being being a real challenge uh, uh, for me. But you know, I'll, 
do my best to, to help help Daniel and, and uh, you know, make sure we're in – he's feeling as confident as he can and, and we as an offense are, are feeling as good as we can too. Next up, Giants fans, we will hear from Dion Lewis, veteran running back, who will talk about growing up as a Giants fan in Albany, New York, who frequented training camps when the Giants held those at uh, the University of Albany. You know, I think, you know, it was a, a perfect, you know, and a unique opportunity, you know. Um, you know, obviously a lot of factors, you know, Joe Judge being there and we have a little relationship with him uh, with my three years in New England. You know, and also, you know, um, I grew up a Giants fan, so, you know, it was always a good mind to be able to play for them. So when I got the opportunity, under any circumstances, I couldn't pass it up. So, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, working with Coach Joe Judge, playing for my hometown team, and, you know, and, and you know, work with Saquon as well. So, those are all, you know, positive factors. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Albany, New York, so, you know, um, as a, I was a frequent visitor at training camp at UAVNY, so, um, you know, it was a great experience growing up. I'm getting to go watch those guys practice during training camp at a young age, so, um, uh, definitely, you know, I, I go back to the Tiki Barber days, uh, Kurt Warner, Amani Toomer, you know, Ike Hill, you know, guys like that. I go back like that, so, you know, it's definitely, definitely a good situation to be in. Next up, in a one-on-one interview that I did with veteran defensive tackle Austin Johnson, he talks about rejoining Coach Sean Spencer with the Giants. Spencer, known as Coach Chaos, was Johnson's position coach when the two were together at Penn State. So let me. Uh, so let, let's talk a little bit about you joining the Giants. What was it? Uh, what was it that interested you um, in coming to New York? You know, it's, the facility and everything is in Jersey. I mean, it's closer to home. You know, it's um, kind of one of those things, just being closer to home, having, um, you know, Coach Spence there. And, um, you know, I had him in college as a D-line coach, just attracted me more uh, towards the Giants. And, you know, there's a whole new, um, you know, there's a bunch of new guys there. Have a ton of Penn State guys there, and um, I just um, can't wait to get started with the Giants, man. It's um, a blessing. Tell me a little bit. Uh, I-, I was going to ask you about about Coach Spencer, about good old Coach Chaos. Tell me a little bit about about what it's like playing for him. Um, he's a definitely a high energy kind of guy. He's gonna make sure you run to the ball. He's gonna run with you. He's gonna make you a better player. He's gonna. Um, Whatever your strengths are, is going to let you play those, and um, it's just an all-around great coach. Next up is veteran offensive tackle Cameron Fleming, who addressed his familiarity with Giants offensive coordinator Jason Garrett and offensive line coach Mark Colombo. Um, I think it, um, it played a pretty big factor when I um, was decided to come here. I think uh, if you if you see two people that you worked with. For I um, mean, work closely with for two years, and they they get another job, and they want you to come with you. And uh, it says that they have some kind of confidence about your play and your uh, your attitude and all that stuff. I really like playing for him because he just he just really does love what he did what he does. I mean, he comes in with so much energy, so much juice every single day, week after week throughout the whole season. I mean, I don't think there's ever a lull in it for him. So. Um, I really appreciate his, his passion and electricity every day, and then also 
Um, he's just a he's a damn good coach. You know, he helped me a lot with my technique in Dallas, and I look forward to continue working with him. As we continue to roll through these Giants fans, our next clip is from edge rusher Kyler Fackrell. He addresses a couple of things. First, says he took a step forward as a player in 2019, despite not putting up some great statistics. Secondly, he addresses his respect for Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Graham was Fackrell's position coach in 2018 with the Packers, the year that Fackrell had 10.5 sacks, his best season as an NFL player. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it was obviously not ideal, um, but again, I, you know, I've, I've said before that I definitely got better this year. I think I played better this year than I did the year before, um, you know, despite not getting the numbers that I would have liked, um, and I mean, if you look at percentages and, you know, pressures per rush, you know, I think I had 200 less rushes, um, but ended up with... Um, you know, more pressures than I did the year that I had three and a half sacks. So um, I think as far as the way I play and, you know, just getting better as a player, I think I took a step forward this year. Uh, I haven't um, discussed specifics with, with Coach Graham too much. Um, you know, I know that he liked my versatility, um, you know, being able to rush and drop. And so... Um, I'll do whatever kind of they ask me to do and, and whatever they is best for the defense. And, you know, I, I really look forward to what Coach Graham is going to do with the defense. You know, I have a lot of trust in, in his ability. He's a really sharp dude. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I haven't talked specifically with him. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever, you know, the defense asks of me. Um, Honestly, I think the only thing that I would say about Coach Graham is that, I mean, he's a great coach, and the thing that I really like the most about him is just his passion and love for football. Um, you know, he'll he'll get up on the table and scream and yell if he needs to, um, but it all comes from a great place. It comes from, you know, him being just grateful for the life that he's living, the, what he gets to do to provide for his family, and, uh, you know, that's something that, I always loved coming into work, you know, working with Coach Graham. Um, and so that was, you know, that was a big thing coming to the Giants, you know, that he was here and the respect that I have for him. Next up is special teamer Nate Ebner, who comes to the New York Giants from the New England Patriots, where he spent the last eight years playing under the direction of current Giants head coach Joe Judge. Judge, of course, was either special teams assistant or coordinator in New England during the entirety of Ebner's career with the Patriots. So let's see what uh, what Ebner has to say about the Giants' new head coach. Um, you know, Joe uh, works extremely hard. I'm going to say that um, probably a couple more times, but he's an extremely hard worker. He pays attention to the details um, uh, and really, really pays attention to the details when I say that. And, um, you know... He has he comes to work with a, a lot of energy and he did that consistently over the eight years that I've known him. So uh, I think that's the, the genuine part of him. Um, I think he's going to bring that in, same energy and hopefully same same uh, attention to detail and work ethic. And um, you know he's yeah, at the end of the day he cares about his guys. I can't say that about a lot of a lot of coaches and um, I think that's special and I think that's going to hopefully make a lot of players want to play for him. 
looking forward, uh, I'm a part of a great organization, and uh, I'm excited. I mean, there comes a time in everyone's career where there's free agents, and um, like you said, I've spent most of my career, my entire career in uh, New England, but uh, at every time, uh, every year, really, you got to assess what's the best thing for you, and, um, you know, this is the best for me. Uh, it hasn't happened throughout my career until this point, but uh, it's something I've always assessed, and, and at this point, this is this is what's best for me and, and what I need to do. And, um, you know, there, unfortunately, it, it is a business, and there are things uh, that happen that, you know, you don't necessarily like, but you gotta you got to deal with them. So um, that's, that goes on both sides of it. And um, ultimately, like I said, you got to do what's best for you. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming to a great organization with, like I said earlier, a great organization with a great, great team and great, great fan base. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Finally, cornerback James Bradbury on his relationship with Giants general manager Dave Gettleman and how that influenced his decision to sign with the Giants. Uh, a lot of the Giants, um, you know, of course, the city of New York, all the opportunities they have on and off the field. And uh, I'm familiar with, with Gettleman and uh, the culture he's trying to instill in that locker room. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to being a part of it. And uh, what, I, what I can bring to the locker room, I just feel like I can bring my overall knowledge of the game. I can help the younger guys in the DB room get better. Um, it's my experience, for the most part, I'm going to bring to the game. Uh, well, honestly, he's, he's reached out to my agent. Uh, I really didn't talk to uh, Gettleman. You know, they came out of nowhere and made an offer to him. I didn't even expect him to come make an offer. Um, but I already knew, he already knew the type of guy I was, and I already knew the type of guy he was, and I already knew what kind of program he was trying to, what organization he was trying to bring and instill over there in New York. So um, I knew it was nothing but positive. All right, that's our show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot, because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.